somehow on BBC One, Thespian Dialectics with the guest critic Carl Forsberg. Later this evening on the 2100 News, we go over the outrageous demands upon our government from the Irish terrorists, the obstruction from cybernetic diplomats on the release of our Prime Minister, the disruption of train arrivals to Waterloo by foreign super agents, and finally, a report with an outstanding citizen that has been held by the authorities for simply saying their English. After that, School of Tanks, starring Erica Chabell and Simon Pratt. So guys, says John Doe, as there's a room, probably like in a decent hotel system for was given because they're part of this, you know, and John Doe is very carefully writing speak in code. And uh, I like to imagine the system for code is really just Spanish and common conversation topics about like normal everyday plans. We're not going to go through this whole conversation in code audience. Just imagine us in code. We're smart. We can talk in code. We know what we're doing. John Doe looks just, again, totally in code, but fuck speaking in code. We've got some unique problems. There's a talking bear on this diplomacy council. He seems pretty cool. Not in that his beliefs are cool, but just it's cool to have a talking bear on a council. Also, this whole situation is fucked. There's a ton of of bad guys, and I'm glad you're here. I'm re- I feel a little overwhelmed. Like a literal bear, like an actual, like the animal. Why am I doubting this? There's a there's a dolphin that would never mind. Yeah, his grandfather fought in World War II. All the parties are debating what to do with uh, the bronze lady, and she's still in a secure location. But now we have Monocle, England's top whipping boy, an angry English nationalist, and others on the scene trying to figure out how to get her. And it's pretty bad up here. Also, the Irish may have summoned a Morrigan. I don't know. Some Celtic peoples did. Oh boy, not Morgan. Johnny is, as all of this is being explained, is taking notes in a personal cipher of his that he has not shared with anybody. It's just for him. And he's also like drawing out some kind of diagrams of relevant locations as far as he's aware of them, stuff that he would have been able to look at on the plane ride over. And I think he pulls out the very last cigar that he was going to I think smoke, if they had had a little more time, like a little more of a leisurely thing, he held on to it, knowing that he was going to have to deal with whatever was going on here. Yeah, he leans back in the uh, sort of rickety, shitty chair um, that comes with like the desk in a in a hotel room, lights that, and he's like looking over all these diagrams, and he's like, Don, I'm going to be honest, it's probably good that we're here. I really wish you hadn't needed to call us. Yeah, you should have seen this fish we almost caught that was about three me's long oh my god it was huge it was bigger than Joachim Joachim was riding it <sighs> okay sure this is like the time you all but you also caught like the the immortal 1900s diver you can't but we're, we're, we can't we're actually doing a you don't believe how big okay <sighs> look it was it's John Joachim was stabbing it with a knife and I was pointing a gun. This thing was enormous. It was all. It was as big as, if not bigger than, the boat. While you were catching gigantic fish with air quotes, I also discovered that apparently I know Monocle. Oh, good. You know another person that's probably evil. Yeah. Well, he does. I mean, wait till you hear him talk. It gives it away. Oh boy. The fact that he's evil. 
Yes. Mm, love that. Love that for us. Also, to my list of aliases, Felix. I don't think I look like a Felix. I kind of like that name. No, can I be honest? That's that's kind of hitting for me. I, I I like that. All right. That's you could be a Felix. I'm John. You definitely are John. I'm just saying, you know, if you told me if I never met you and you said I'm Felix, I would have been like, OK. Otherwise, it's just been a lot of as John Doe moves his hand from front of his face, robbing his temples. Just it's a lot of everyone wants a slice of the milk snatcher and nobody's willing to give any ground. Oh, yeah. Power sure hates a vacuum. Well, then, uh, I know what you're about to say. I already considered it. I couldn't find enough support or sharp enough knives. Hey, John, can I be honest with you? Yeah. It does not sound like you know what I was about to say. (laughs) Oh, what were you going to say? Johnny turns his like spread of notes that he's taken around. Um, I think he has probably taught John Doe this this personal cipher. He probably hasn't had had time to teach Joachim yet, but I think even as he's turning it around, he's making a mental note. He's turning around this spread of notes and floor plans and just like things that he's sketched out. And he's like, let's uh, let's make a plan. Oh, I want to keep an eye on Ireland in a good way. I think they need more help than they need help and empowerment, not what Woke Jack the Third is offering them. And they might be good. They might be good people for the cybernetic international. Yeah, maybe if that old god has anything to say about it, I think that should be a little bit more worrying. They summoned for revenge. Wouldn't be the worst thing to have the Irish kind of on our side, so to speak. Having having eyes over in this area of the world as part of the, the cybernetic international might be not only phenomenally helpful, but uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty folk. I'm, I'm I'm into that. The other thing I meant to mention to you all, you know, a time traveler is the reason we've got the milk snatcher locked up. A what now? A time traveler, genuine from the future. Oh, I, I was going to ask. We see Johnny just start going through and he's just scratching out certain lines of his notes. <laughs> just like, all right, well, that won't be that won't be possible either. When we have a moment, I'll tell you where they're being kept from what I know. But I don't think it's accurate. They keep moving them. But also, I mean, how can you breach a time traveler secure? I don't understand time travel. I don't even want to think about it. It's uh pretty complicated. Don't worry. It's, well, uh, we'll we'll take it a little bit at a time. <laughs> so I'm going to share it with them just in case they missed the wall on their fish trip. Also, the reason the time travelers here is because if the if the bronze lady escapes justice, it causes the next big one. WW3. Oh, I was like, are we still talking about fish or I, w- I really wish we had gotten some sort of literally any proof of the fit. Anyways, pearls before swine. Uh yeah, that's um yeah, so so no pressure then. Uh everything's going great at least you don't have to be i swear being in a diplomacy meeting with these people i think i've worked out a solution but it's the ultimate compromise well um i'm all ears if you in the mind to share so we follow classic war crime tribute well crimes against humanity tribunal everyone wants up to make sure they get what they want we let the un trier at the hag we let the Irish choose the prosecutor. We let the Americans choose the defense. And then we let the jury be filled in as is tradition. Wait, are there jurors in war crimes tribunals? I don't think there are. Did it be trial by combat? I mean, they kicked this bronze bitch's ass. 
I don't I don't think trial by combat is typically employed very often in sort of the broader spectrum of world diplomacy. I don't hate the idea on a personal level. I think that would be hilarious. No, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's really an option that we have. And she is transported securely to the or kept secure where she is and brought to the Hague on the day of the trial. But I have a feeling that various groups are going to be very opposed to this. The U.S. in particular is going to want it in New York. Mm. I don't love the idea of moving it, honestly. I feel like if, if, if transportation is involved, that's just more windows for things to go wrong. Yeah, I agree. But I've been, you know, legal textbooks are hard to read. I've heard. I, uh, I I haven't really concerned myself with them, but uh, that's that's what I've heard from colleagues. Q John Doe looking at like some sort of an exercise machine surrounded by legal textbooks. Yeah. Listen, if anybody's going to sort it out, it's it's going to be you, buddy. All right. Well. Oh, and Professor Beers is in Wales to help his home country hopefully adopt cybernetics. Hmm. I do like that. We'll uh, yeah, we'll table that as part of the sort of broader discussion here. But I think it's time we start splitting up details on how to deal with this. Agreed. You are together in England now, but uh, there was something that kind of slowed down you doing anything. And you had a few quiet days without meetings and without any emerging crises and with no updates up north. So, Berserker, what was it that happened that uh, ended up with you having uh, plenty of time in your hands in London? They get involved in several sports ball games, like rugby and, I don't know, cricket maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I've never really watched anything except for American sports and soccer or football. It's whatever the fuck they do over there. It's funny thing because the Albion Islands are one of the few places which your people actually have stories that name about. So what was the thing that you heard about these lands of the Anglos back home? What have I heard? Like, I heard that they conquered most of the world, that they were very mean and uh, cruel kind of leaders. I think that's like... Basically, be wary of ships flying a flag. Like, don't target them, don't attack them, because they might come come back in force. If you do attack them, make it look like an accident. <laughs> so, yeah. Jando, you ask it for their help, but then as things get into a hole, you find yourself playing the host in a home that is not yours. So what are the nice things to try to get to make up for interrupting their vacation? It is Warzone England. So John Doe, A, devotes a fair amount of time to making sure that they have easy access to the surrounding areas, and B, and perhaps most importantly, a radio or something consistently on so that they can catch updates because we've covered that electricity is spotty. So even if John Doe has to hook up like a battery to an exercise bike and every morning before anyone else gets up, just, all right, well, I need it anyway. Do a half mile on it in a minute. Just these handful of creature comforts that John Doe was just kind of doing without reading by candlelight and such, but trying to make sure like, all right, let me try and make up for this a little bit. Also indulging their big fish story because, you know, they caught this gigantic fish. Sure they did. Where Where is it? We didn't catch it. It got away, but we almost caught it. 
No, we didn't catch it. It just hit the line. It's honestly, it hit the line, and and, and Joachim was like was fully wrestling it. That's how big the thing was. Like he was. I be- look, John. This is much more believable the time you hooked an Atlantean warship or whatever. All right. Well. All right. It's yeah. It's fine. Thankfully, Iron Man, you have an opportunity to do something that you always wanted to do for a while. You're in London, and there is a showing. Twelfth Night with Derek Jacoby that is happening. And you were able to get tickets because, turns out, not many people that uh, had vacation plans in England have come lately. A lot of cancellations, it seems. So, it's your night, and how you prepare it, and how do you enjoy it? So, Johnny is probably wearing just about the nicest suit that we've ever seen him wear, it's a very simple, just like, uh, just a very simple, I think probably Oxford cut suit. It's just a plain black tie. He's probably wearing like a gray shirt underneath it. And this is also probably the first time that we've ever seen him without a hat on, I think. He has his hair kind of like slicked back and he looks also just about probably the cleanest we've ever seen him. He probably, I think, you know, just to be... Because he is him, um, he probably has a very small sidearm concealed in like one of those, like the kind of holster that happens under your arm rather than like behind the shoulder. Still wearing boots. He's just wearing his nicest cowboy. They are black leather. They still match the suit. But in there, he's got probably a couple knives and maybe like another very small sidearm. He, I think, probably booked dinner at a fairly nice little restaurant near the theater. Would Joachim and John be joining him for this night of theater oh i mean well last time theater was brought up Iron man specifically said let's go to the theater because john doe quoted macbeth john's going yeah so is uh joachim perfect johnny has definitely furnished them both with very nice clothing and some coaching as far as just being like here is how we have to behave in this ritzy social setting i think he orders some like some fairly nice red wine dinner for them to enjoy they probably i mean i think it's probably pretty straightforward this was the 70s so the only like quote unquote actual high class food was just french food because that's what everybody thought and acted like for a very long time yeah so they're probably at like a relatively decent little french restaurant that's near there with like a, a pretty nice bottle of or a red wine they eat beforehand they go to theater they get there about they have about a half hour to sit for the actual show starts yeah i think johnny's probably psyched about this he's i mean he loves he loves professional theater and the fact that he's seeing shakespeare in london probably never gotten to do that so i'm sure he's just delighted by this whole thing but he's also just like please for the love of god i really hope that everyone is just y'all gotta be cool all right just like you can't there's a, there's a right way to act in, in theater situations and we gotta be they'll kick us out and i want to see this whole show right like you said johnny roundhouse kick the guy who asks for the ticket and then openly sob and laugh whenever something funny or sad happens i am i am i it's john if I get bored, start throwing things onto the stage. I am regretting bringing you here with every passing second. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to share this with you. Johnny, I, I've literally spent all day with the most intense diplomats the world could throw at me. I know how to act in a, mo- in a theater. Not in a movie, but in a theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only been thrown out of half the theaters in the U.S. Let's go. In retrospect, I do actually think it probably would have been sort of ideal for me to like maybe 
take you and spend some time like in a like a gym or something or like going for a walk in the park something a little less structured i feel like probably it would have been good for me to give you some some space to blow off some steam after the diplomat thing look the meetings are so chaotic because they talk for five minutes and then spend 10 minutes arguing in the fanciest way i've ever heard two people call each other bad words yeah that sounds right half the time i'm just sitting there trying to play referee yeah we definitely should have gone to i don't know yeah somewhere where we could have just like run around and got some just burned off some energy for, it's fine yeah Derek jacoby's a, a fantastic actor just absolutely brilliant so i you know all eyes on him i think he's you're really gonna enjoy his performance i don't think this is the type of theater where they would have snacks probably for purchase i'm sure they would have beverages oh no way yokim frowns at this the lack of snacks yes I promise you this. We'll we'll go grab like another bite to eat after the show. Uh, that way we're kind of bookending it. You know, we're making sure that there's still a relatively steady stream. But, you know, can I can I roll to see if I like, do I need to do a roll to see if I would have been prepared enough for this with, with my whole tactician thing? Yeah. Are we smuggling snacks into the theater? <laughs> if I specifically smuggled in snacks for Joachim to have during intermission? I don't know. But I, I, I but I have to ask John Doe, where are you hiding Coupliadas? This is a great question. Oh, that's incredibly easy. Uh, John Doe's obvious, uh, ref- his one monument to his demand for comfortable footwear is that John Doe is not wearing fancy leather shoes. He's wearing inverse no stars. Uh huh. Which are high top canvas shoes. Uh, these are merely a distraction that, you know, highwaymen can complain about without noticing that John Doe has filled not the inside pocket of his blazer, because that's the first place he would check. But in fact, Simply in the same pocket as he has his wallet in, two Compliato snack cakes that he constantly has on his. Oh, yeah, it's just my wallet because I have to carry all these extra identification. I do want to just be clear about two things. And the first is that absolutely Johnny did, in fact, just as soon as I'm just imagining as soon as John came down into the lobby uh, in his like full gear, Johnny's already like sitting there ready to go. He looks down at the shoes and he's just like, really? Look, man, I've been around the world in these shoes. Yeah, that doesn't really address sort of my, you know what, that's fine. I was, I'm sure just, it, again, this is a pearls before swine thing. You're just like the rest of it is fine. Uh, the other thing I want to make very clear is that I'm a thousand percent sure that Johnny knows that the snack cakes are there. And he's actually, he's actually more okay with that because he knows they're being smuggled. And so at least there's like a degree of subtlety going on. He just doesn't bring it up. There's just no reason to, is that like, that's fine. So at this point, I look like, Joachim, I've got a snack for intermission taken care of. Which Johnny does not hear, and he also has snacks ready for Joachim during intermission. They just give a thumbs up. As soon as John leans away, Johnny leans into Joachim. It's just like, hey, uh, don't tell anybody this, but I did. I kind of I smuggled in some snacks that you can have during intermissions. You know, I figured you might get hungry. I'm going to say, how about we just make the trifecta and we all smuggling snacks in? Fucking perfect. Yes. <laughs> we we all all three of us smuggled in snacks for Yokim, including Yokim. Yeah, Yokim is going to be smuggling snacks in too. You are told that uh, with the intermission, this is like three hours. So, Berserker, how are you feeling about being still on a closed space with dim lights for three hours? Well, pretty comfortable. Because you have to remember, they've been on long ships for longer than that. And long ships are not that big. Like, they're, they're pretty cramped with all the stuff you have to put on them. And there's no lights. 
like on a long ship. Well, maybe very little lights, just nothing that could set the ship on fire. <laughs> so they're they're actually pretty comfortable sitting still for long periods of time. So as you get to the theater and the night has been enjoyable so far, Jando, why don't you share the terrible secret? Why don't you share with that you were the one that made sure that Highwayman could find the tickets and the reason why you were hoping that he would organize this to give you a cover? What is the actual thing that you hope to get from this night in the town? So, John Doe helped make sure that these tickets were available and this box were sitting and available for a reason that John Doe actually hates more than anything. John Doe's trying to get a political capital and advantage. John Doe knows that he needs something to leverage, preferably, in all honesty, something a little embarrassing to leverage against the other people to make sure that his proposal that the Iron Lady will be taken to the Hague, the U.S. will choose her defense attorney, the U.N. will choose her judge, and the Irish will choose the prosecutor in this war crimes tribunal. He needs political capital. He can't just make this happen with nothing because System 4 doesn't have the political capital. You know, it's, it's up to you to pick. But one of the people who'd be opposed to this is supposed to be having a clandestine meeting with a paramour at this play in a box that John Doe can see from here. John Doe intends to see it, go over, mention that he's seen it, imply that he's taking pictures, and then, hey, I don't want that to get out to your wife. Let's do this. Because John Doe is pretty sure at this point in the meeting that either the Irish are going to be cut out entirely or even worse, the Iron Lady goes to NY to stay in trial for these crimes. She will walk. As you are sitting, you notice on one of the VIP sittings, you are Mark. Travis Allen is the town clerk for the city. And he's basically the coordinator between the interactions of the city and the financial sector of the British and the government. And you know very well that the entire infrastructure of the previous government of the Snatcher, as well as the successor Socklip Dam government, is around pleasing the city, especially ever since it became a pillar of international money laundering, I mean investment. And you realize that uh, if you have Travis Allen on your pocket, that uh, he can apply more pressure on the British government than any other single body. And uh, you know that uh, he is taking to this event a professor of Oxford, some kind of historian whose name is Denise Frankova. That raises your suspicions in the first place because these two persons, they don't move on the same circles. So there is something highly suspicious about this encounter happening. So you flag it as a possible witness. So how are you trying to do this without causing the others to notice your real intentions for the night while still following your marks? Well, luckily, arranging the box was the first step. John Dodas a clear view of the box they're supposed to be in, in addition to a clear view of the play, because John Doe is genuinely invested. He wants to see what Highwayman sees in the live theater. In addition, and if you think this is too much of a stretch, but I think it's perfectly System 4, because it's perfectly Cold War, but an advanced version of it. Before he would have left, he would have talked to 
possibly our new Q greater porpoise for a camera that is easily disguised as a pen, real small microfilm. So John Doe just waits patiently until they're there, takes off his blazer. And if either of them gives a look, shrugs that it's hot, takes out his little pen camera and just snaps some pictures. They might notice him fiddling with a pen. That's the biggest worry. How about we make that a challenge? I expected as much. I got a three. I'm going to say that uh, for you to succeed, as you are going ahead with your plans, it turns out that uh, it's like two minutes before the thing actually starts. Waiter comes inside of the boot, whispers something to them, and they rise and they move to another boot. It's a boot that stands exactly behind you, so it is impossible for you to do this. Especially once the show starts, they're going to be exactly on the part that it's going to be completely invisible to you, even uh, unless you pull out uh, a flare. So you can fail at this or you have to sneak in and separate yourself from the group while doing this, which, again, is going to be pretty obvious because their seat going to be empty. John's going to look at a couple minutes before the curtain. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to go hit the bathroom. Take off his blazer. I'll be right back. Yeah. All right. Well, just, you know, they're going to, I mean, like, you know, once once they get the play started, I don't know if they're going to let you back in. So you might want to try to, you know, just goose it a little. I, I got this. Also, this is very weird because Highway Man for sure insisted that they went to the bathroom before going. Okay. What is he up to? You know, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't. I don't question it a lot of the time. You know, John's kind of a complex person. He's got a lot of stuff that sort of just weighs on him sometimes. He might just need a just a little a little minute to breathe. I'm not going to worry too much about it. I don't know. He kept glancing over at that booth that was over there that's now empty. That's why there was people in that before. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's, you know, he it's 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 probably he has that, you know, how sometimes he just gets a little uh, nervous about stuff. I'm sure it's just one of those. I want to be a thousand percent clear. Johnny is trying to convince himself of all of this more than he doesn't want. This is a night at the theater in London. He doesn't want to miss it. He doesn't want anything to screw this up. He probably also is just like, yeah, that seems weird. He's like, nah, but it's it's nothing, right? It's probably nothing. It's mostly him trying to convince himself. You managed to move towards it and you managed to snap some photos. But as you are walking around on the back, you hear a waiter behind you. ask you, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to go back to your settings. The show is about to start. And they recognize the voice. Pivot to look. Do you? <laughs> because you don't know if they know who you are. So do you? You know what? You're right. Now I'm going to... Keep walking with intent, like I'm walking back to where I have to be. Who's the voice? No, you're pretty sure it's Monocle. Not the greatest spider. All right. Yeah, I'm going to pen in shirt pocket, walking with intention. I'm going to take the long way back to my box, but I'm and I'm not saying this out loud, just going. Okay, just I just want to check in. The coolest, like, slickest spy in the UK is pretending to be a waiter? No, no, I didn't say coolest. It's a greatest spy greatest. Oh no, I'm saying those things. And you're just gonna give up? Put to go, or I'm just gonna tuck the pen in my shirt pocket and from the way I'm walking, is there a long way back to my box or am I gonna have to go past it? Uh, you can go around the longest way, yes. But as you are doing, 
You're here, sir, you dropped this. This is yours, right? And from the corner of the eye, you see that he's stretching some kind of zippo or lighter of them, that kind. Uh, thank you, sir. Grab it. Please enjoy your show. Still do. And I'm going to look at the lighter as I keep walking. Yeah, it seems like a normal lighter. All right. I'm going to tuck that into my pants pocket. Okay. When I get back to the box, if I do so unmolested, I'm going to sit down, take out the spy pen, because obviously it would also work as an actual pen, grab a playbill, because I'm sure there's one at hand, and carefully write on it. Careful, I think Monocle gave me a listing device, and press it right into Highwayman's hand. Yeah, it was not a listening device. So, as you pull out your pen, you are immediately hit by the smell of mixed silver nitrate and ozone and mercury as you just see it dripping from the mechanisms as you realize that uh, whatever that uh, lighter actually is, it destroyed the film within your micro pen. I... Your pen is leaking. And stinking. Yeah, it smells really bad. Can you, like, go throw that out real quick? Also, and then that's the point at which Johnny looks down and sees the note. Oh, fuck. <sighs> yeah. I'm gonna go throw it out. Right now? Just this... Not the pen... No, the pen throw out. Yeah. God, just one night at the, just one night at the theater. Just one... It's Derek Jacoby. No, no, no. How about you? How about you stay here? Enjoy the show. Me and John will... Go dispose of these uh, stuff. And you also see around Joachim a bunch of snack wrappers. <laughs> yeah, that might that might be. I don't know why they don't have trash here. Yeah, you know what? Uh, y'all, y'all just go ahead. You need me. I'm sure I'll hear you. <laughs> sure you will in a moment. I'll catch you up in a minute. Yeah, just like fully, you know, if, it, if it's going like that, just fully yell. It'll be an in for a penny situation. As soon as we walk out of the box, close the door, John throws the pen angrily at the nearest wall, and as it explodes, not, you know... The wall shatters. As as the pen explodes into pieces. I needed that moment. I am calm and in control of my emotions. Did I pack a spare? Just a sec. There wouldn't be any photographers. There would be photographers probably in the back. You know, ready to take pictures of actors as they come out, but not during the play. But I don't think Joachim would know that. I know that because I've been in theater a long time. That means that John Doe has to do the worst thing, the thing he wants to do the least. He he opens the door back, walks in, and leans in in a very quiet whispered hi, my man. Hi, my man. I was looking for a camera around here. Where would I find it? Johnny would probably know that I think if there was going to be anything, it would be probably like green room like interview sort of setups that's where anybody if if anybody was doing press on the show that would be probably where it was taking place either that or just like there would be maybe somewhere out in the lobby where someone was like where where there was an available place for photographs or whatever whether they be commemorative photographs or something like that yeah that's what i was thinking yeah so it would be something something to that effect um yeah i think he would just relay that and he'd be like you sure you don't need me to come out there? Just like, I, I can come out if you need me to. Johnny, A, it's probably good for the operation that they think there's someone in this box. 
And also, B, I don't want you to have to miss this. All right. Well, you know, again, just holler. When John walks out and closes the door, he's like, all right, okay, we need to go to, we need to go get a camera. But they, they said there was no flash photography at this play, though, but <laughs> I know you're up to something. So in order to get my proposal through, I need to get a picture of the clerk of the city. And I'm like whispering this probably in the system four code we mentioned last episode. We need a picture of the clerk of the city here with someone he shouldn't be. I already had pictures on the pen camera, but Monocle saw it to that. Oh, that's what that smell was. Okay. Okay, there's pictures in green room in the back area. I'm going to, well, cameras. I'm going to try and grab one real quick and we'll see what we can do. Okay. How about you check the green room? I'll check the front. We'll meet up back here. Yeah. And get rid of the thing that destroyed the film. It'll probably destroy the film of the other cameras too. I calmly put the lighter on the door frame and walk away. I you sure you don't want to wait until the intermission. You know what, Ludo? Thank you for being our brain. I'm going to look. Yokim, you know what? Let's wait until the intermission. That way we're less likely to be scrutinized. Let's go sit down and we can get Johnny involved. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Power man. <laughs> it does not take someone of your genius to understand that there's something going on, but they still seem to be coming back for the play. And so how does that first part goes? Uh, the first part of the play? Yeah. And the experience of your tree on it. I mean, I'm sure here's the thing. I'm sure the play itself is fantastic. This is one of those autobiographical things. Johnny, like myself, much prefers Twelfth Night to A Midsummer Night's Dream as far as the comedies go. The uh, writing in A Midsummer Night's Dream is a little bit too over the top. There's a little bit more subtlety. There's a lot more wordplay in Twelfth Night that he really enjoys. And of course, Derek Jacoby is a storied and brilliant Shakespearean theater actor. So his performance is just absolutely excellent. All of that being said... I think there is a like there is kind of this sort of it's it's the thing that's always in the back of his mind where he's just like he's running different possibilities and scenarios in his head because he knows Monocle's here. So I don't think he gets to enjoy it as much as he wants to. Yeah, he's just thinking the entire time of just like, you know, if like this is happening, these are the exits to the theater and this is where like things would be going down. This would be like where like how like ways to get backstage and what the green room would be like, what all the layout of the theater would be like. And like, you know, if we needed to get up into up into the catwalk or like, yeah, Johnny would know like where like all of the fly controls are and like it's just like, you know, if there was a way to navigate the fly system up there. So he is still enjoying some of it, but it's just like he keeps getting distracted and missing key lines. There's bits of like, you know, there's bits where people will laugh and he realizes he's just missed a joke. You know, just kind of it's stuff like that. And the performance itself, when he tunes into it, is exceptional. So, Berserker, it's very easy for you to notice the clear, constant anxiety that uh, Johnny is under. So there's... You can do anything to try to appease him, to get him to enjoy this night that he clearly looked so much forward to a bit more. Yeah, I think Berserker would just hand him like a snack or something, maybe a flask. Maybe Berserker s- smuggled a flask of uh, Irish whiskey in here. Yeah, I, I, just, I think Johnny would appreciate that, at least like at the very least he would appreciate the gesture and just I feel like that would still sort of ground him a little bit back more into the experience like that's still that's something that's kind of present so I think that would still bring him a little more into it so how John does feel after 
causing such trouble to this night. John Doe is withholding how upset he is because John Doe's entire plan was it was a simple plan. Get the pictures, come back, enjoy the play. No one has to know. It doesn't have to be this whole big to do. And now because of fucking monocle, it is the whole big to do. It has to be the whole big to do now. So John is trying to enjoy the play, trying to see what the big deal is. But in the back of his mind, he's like angrily eating a Compleados visibly. So you make to the intermission and everyone gets out and starts minting. Uh, a few people go towards the towards the bedrooms. A few others go to refill their drinks at the bar. And before the place clears completely, you can see already a few photographers coming out and taking a few photos. You can see a few journalists talking on the side and you can see a few people moving backstage. And this is a pretty good opportunity to take a camera if any of you wants to try. Easy. I have a confession to make. I've been imagining like Berserk gear in a, this very garish Austin Powers like outfit. Because that's their style. Like a lot of lace, some weird jewelry, very loud colors, and is probably drawing a lot of attention from some of the photographers. Just seeing this giant person in this really outlandish outfit. Oh, this must be some important or some eccentric person that we can. They're like, oh, this person must be interesting. Let's start taking photos, maybe get a few lines, get their eccentricities on paper. And Joachim is able to isolate one of them from the crowd. And if you want this to be a check, this can absolutely be a check. Bonk them on the head and just kind of steal their camera. All right. Yeah, this is going to be a check because I can think of a few nice twists. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I was saying the other day to a few friends, I get the feeling that I just ask for checks because it's like, oh, do you want to do the things or do you want to do the things and also meet a guy? <laughs> Oh, ooh, that's. We need to start getting some boosts in here. I should have thrown a boost in. I have boosts, don't I? Crap. So, what I'm going to say is that people confuse you with either a critic or an actor. Which one you prefer? I'm going to go with theater critic because they would be a little bit more obscure, except for journalists. Yeah. You can see them taking photos as you manage to take one camera out and. The few journalists, they are gathering around you. Oh my God, it's Carl Forsberg. He managed to make it. Oh, Mr. Forsberg, Mr. Forsberg, please. I would like to have a few words about what you think about the performance tonight. And you can get this opportunity to pass this to John Doe as he goes on the other direction, but you're going to get swarmed in and you can, you need to get the, the intention on them enough so that they don't notice the knocked out photographer. So you cannot just correct them. So you're going to engage with them as Carl Forsberg. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'll, I'll do that. I want to see where this rabbit hole goes. Please, Carl Forsberg, what do you have to say about the performance? Uh, it, It's... It's much 
different than what I expected it to be. You have been pretty harsh on the performances of Twelfth Night from this director before. Have you have you changed your mind or are you still maintaining that it's a pedestrian take of the interpretation that fails to modernize it? Failure to modernize. I, I, I had a conversation with a colleague at some point and really turned me around on the desire to modernize everything. You see, to modernize everything is like you forget uh, what made it good in the first place. Oh, that seems like a statement from Baisley Mysolek. Have you two set aside your feud? You have been pretty much disagreeing on everything for the last 12 years. What make this change? Uh, well, I, I took a trip to Yugoslavia and, you know, I just happened to see a little minor performance that really... Well, we haven't set aside our feud yet because we still need to deal with that in the field of battle. But I definitely am starting to see why looking to the past will define our future. Plays on Youngsling. Oh, that will not have been the performance of Vaza Selesnova, but that has been prized as the perfect reimagining of, of something from the past to the future in the age of computing. You will think that that will be an argument in your favor. The interpretation of modernity that you have defended for a while. You will think that you will be the one convincing Basley and winning this ongoing debate. Why are you conceding the point? What was the revelation that you had during the play? I read your review of that. You gave it a lot of praise. Are you walking back on that? No, no. Uh, it wasn't that play. It was one I didn't do a review on. You know, you always have to, you know, every once in a while, you just have to do something for pleasure, like something to get back that love. And it was a small, minor play just in a corner theater, maybe 20 seats at most, that really made me rethink uh, the whole process. I, I, I'm still processing the whole thing and trying to interpret it, these ideas. So I'm not quite yet to, you know, throw down the, the axe on the, my rival just yet, but... So, Jundo, you have your camera and... Uh... Your marks, they are on two different places. So, Travis Allen is inside the man's bedroom, while Denise Frankova seems to be at the bar. Do you wait for them to be together, or do you use this opportunity that they are separated? The pictures really only have value if they're spotted together. Because if I catch him just doing something else, he's, yeah, sure, he's lying, but it's not as powerful political capital. So instead, I'm going to take this moment to catch Highwayman up on exactly what's going on. Highwayman, as this is happening, as John Doe got his camera, you are approached by a waiter. And this waiter, I mean, he looks just like Dev Patel. And he approaches you. Sir, do your group need anything? Will be able to provide. I think, honestly, to some degree, Johnny is sort of weirded out by the fact that a waiter has specifically made a point of approaching him and being like, hey, do you need stuff? Because that feels that I feel like that sets off sort of an alarm bell in his head a little bit. And then I think he just chalks it up to uh, British. And he's like, no, uh, no, thank you so much. I very much appreciate your concern. But uh, I think for the moment, I'm I'm all set. 
yeah i'll uh is there a is there sort of an appropriate way to to have you come over if i need anything do i just you know wave or i mean should i just come up and come up and find you or how how would be the best way to i don't want to disrupt anybody's experience well all you need is to raise your hand and someone will be right at you perfect yeah yeah no yeah but for the moment i don't i don't need anything thank you so much oh one thing in you accent you're american right uh yeah yeah i was uh i was born in america yeah uh, i haven't lived there in some years but but yeah no that's that's where i'm from originally yes then you may not be aware that there is a cigar lounge nearby if you want to make perus of it it's usually on the discreet side just in case you need the more private location beyond the bar I think, bizarrely, Johnny pulls out a pocket watch that is just part of his ensemble for tonight, and he looks at it to see how long left in intermission, and he's like, can I do, is there, is there like a check I could do or some, like, some role that I could make to see if I'm noticing anything unusual about this, this guy, or if I, if there's anything specific that kind of just seems off? Uh, yeah, you can. I got a six. Just not amazing. So I'm going to say you can get a read, but they're going to think that you are CIA. Hmm. Or you just turn out of the signals and you just not feed him what he's expecting. But he also does not think that you are of American intelligence. I think I'll take that second one, honestly, because I think Johnny is trying his absolute hardest to be fully distinct from I'm a superhero. I am involved with world governments. He is just trying to be a guy at the theater tonight. So he is in every way possible trying to be as utterly normal as he can. Yeah, and that works. You try to disarm it and it's the two of you trying to be as normal as possible and you pass each other like uh, boats in the night. You are both successful at being normal and uh, a thing that I never managed to do. Mood. And the next 10 minutes pass without problem. Or world, if John Doe did not approach you just after the, the waiter came back. Now, I will say this. Uh, John Doe does approach me in the in the aforementioned cigar lounge because I was just told that there was a nice cigar lounge that was nice and discreet. That sounds that sounds really good to Johnny. So after he's sure that, that nothing is out of the ordinary and this is just an ordinary British waiter who is very British and wants to just take very good care of him. He's just like, cool, I'm going to go to the cigar lounge. So that's where I am. Johnny, I'm really sorry. I know you wanted to see this play, and I'm not trying to ruin this night, but I really need pictures, and I quickly run down. I need pictures of these two for polit, and I'm like communicating code and whisper, but I need these for political capital to get my proposal passed so that we don't have World War III. I think that's kind of an important deal. And so I really need your help because they need to be in the same place for these pictures to have any value. And also, as I'm unscrewing the, le- the not the lens, the flash, uh, if you could turn the film in this into high exposure film so we can catch them better in the dark i'd be really grateful at first in this sort of long form explanation johnny's probably very internally i don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of real tell on it he is just like a little bit frustrated but then honestly after a minute once john gets into this very detailed plan and like you know explains like who he needs photos of and why and like all this other different stuff and then like ends it with like and i need you to do this thing there's probably even like a little of a grin for Johnny, just a little one, because he's just like, this is a really well-developed plan, and he just appreciates that, one. But two, he can tell, I think, how hard John was trying and just thinks it was like, that was a very nice thing to do that you tried, and I, I appreciate that. And he's like, yeah, buddy, I got you, no problem. And he takes the film and 
Oh, do I need to roll to transmute this into a different thing? Nah. I was, yeah, it feels pretty low stakes. Yeah, so he just, like, very subtly sort of, like, he takes the film canister and he, I think, sticks it into his jacket pocket while he puffs on a cigar with the other hand. And then when it comes back out, he's just, he's transmuted just that piece of film and hands it back to John. And he's like, that should, uh, that should, that should set shit right there. I think in his head, he makes, like, a mental note, just, like, see if there are other available showtimes at any point for this show in the near future. <laughs> um, just, like, he just... Just like it's just in his head, just like thinks about that. And he's just like, I'll see if I can come see the show again another time when I have some time to when I can actually like come and engage in it. And there's not work to do. Hi, man. If you can make sure that Monocle, do you know what do you know what Monocle looks like? Uh, I guess now that you mention it, I don't. Okay, well, this is kind of important. He's the most talented spy in England. Uh, He's a very (laughs) as you are going to say that. Your mark, Travis Allen, and their date, Denise Frankova, they come inside the smoking lounge. And there seems to be a boorish looking old man going around. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's pretty much a dull play, but uh, what you can expect from writing from the Dark Ages, people were all ignorant back then and you just see a purse flying towards this man and hitting him in the face and knocking the fuck out of him as you hear Denisa screaming dark ages stands for a lack of sources not about a sense of general intellectual decay also it was on the early modern period that this was written I don't think Johnny has had the chance to react to this at all, but Sam is fucking delighted. It's like, I don't like that first person, and I love who just yelled at him. This is great. This kicks ass. Oh, God. John just, if they're walking arm in arm, John just very discreetly snaps a picture. Yeah, and Berserker is also there because, again, because everyone thinks that uh, they are one big shot art critic, so everyone kind of pushes them towards this. So Berserker is there, too. <laughs> Hello. I stab the picture, and then I very calmly, as I take it, just, uh, yeah, he looks, he's very handsome. I believe he's from one of England's many claimed territories. And I give a quick description. And... And uh, at mid-description, you instinctively just point a finger as he steps into the room, too. That's him. Just, I think right as we close, Johnny looks up and looks over at uh, Monocle as he's into the room, and he just goes, The waiter? The waiter. Johnny just drags off his cigar, and he's just like, This might be a trap. Just as smoke descends into the room, you hear it as you can see the shine of Two Walter PPKs being drawn.
Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Raid. Joaquin Jarve, aka Berserkir, is played by Brand Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlacher. They can be found at SGCADelaysec on Instagram and YoungSpaceDead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Hainler. You can follow him at JudgeTheBarbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Citadel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast because a friend told us about it.